Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. At Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Fallon says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith for the posher washer. Hello, everybody. It's Auntie Jean here. Um, I've just listened to this week's podcast and I need to explain where I was when they were all singing the dum-de-dum because I wasn't there. I was in the toilet and I didn't hear a thing, so I think they must have soundproofed that toilet in that pub because I didn't know what was going on. And when I came rushing out and said to Lucy, why didn't we get everybody to do a dum-de-dum? They went, well, we've just done it and I wasn't in it. So I aim to put that right now. And no, I'm not obsessed with toilets, by the way. I know I was going on and on and on about spending 30p on a wee, but I still think that was, that's dreadful. Um, so I'm now going to sing you a dumpty dum. And with any luck, William Parrott, hello. William Parrott, say hello. Hello. It's going to join in, but, you know, don't hope for much because he's not got much of a voice, really, except for screaming. So here we go. Dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumpty dum, dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum, dumpty diddly dum, diddly dum, diddly dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum. Hello, darling, two to you as well. And that's us, William Parrot, and me. He was better than I was. I'll speak to you again soon. Bye. This is Dumbly Dumbly Show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the sparkling new farm shop that is not Andrew Horn. <laughs> and with me are the plastic cup of warm white wine that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our gala opening, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumbly Dum is a repeat of last week's wondrous intro from Auntie Jean and her parrot, Lucy. Yes. Can you remind our listeners... How they can win the accolade of Dum De Dumber of the Week. Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or hide your bits behind an entirely inadequate corn sheaf. Ring <laughs> us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thank you to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, he is inevitably helping with the nude photo shoots for the calendar. Mm. Uh, it was uh, his job to warm up the barn before they did Linda's uh, <laughs> shoot. But he didn't do a very good job. And poor Linda whipped her cardio off and nearly had Jenny Darling's eye out. Ooh. 
Um, Justin Elliott's eye was nearly taken out too. I know. Very, very, very funny. Um, Lucy. Mm-hmm. We've got calls galore this week, haven't we? We have, haven't we? But you know what, though? What? This Sean Geraghty, he's trying to have one over on us. I know, he keeps saying I'm a first-time caller and he said yeah, that three times now. Exactly. Sean, <laughs> you're not, so stop it. Calls this week come from Mr. Sean Bullshit Geraghty, who has a very nasty idea about Rob. Emily, lovely, I love you, Thomas, all the way over in Paris, who can see eating disorder clues. Is that her new name? Emily, lovely, I love you, Emily. <laughs> Well, I do. I sent her um, an I think, email. I think Martin Greaves might do as well, actually. Really? Yeah, well, I'll step aside. Martin, this is all <laughs> yours. <laughs> i got a sneaky feeling she's a little bit young for I was going to say, it's not like you to step aside quite that readily. No, no, no. That is male, male code and honour, you know. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, Dusty Substances, who says that New Zealand is the Oxford Ring Road. Andrew Horn, who's looking for property. Kate Unwin, who thinks that Charlie will become deranged. Yokel Bear, he's back, who Yay. thinks that he's Sigourney Weaver. Witherspoon, who's looking for portents. And Goddess Diva, who's also back, who's become a Dalek. But first, before the caller in us, before little asides from me, before I remind you that I'm not Andrew Horn, before <laughs> I say things like, bloody hell, Andrew Horn, I told him not to be so good, but he was awesome. <laughs> it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. David and his wife, Pip, have patronisingly decided that Ruth is having a midlife crisis. She will come back with a sports car, a toupee and a 22-year-old Kiwi (laughs) boyfriend called Matt. Ruth is clearing off because David stopped telling her what he was doing. So he made the intelligent decision not to tell her that he'd nearly killed the cows by forcing them to eat pear drops. Anyway, Usha (laughs) came round to visit her and asked her to keep in touch. On a fortnight's holiday, for crying out loud. Mm. Rob had a lovely surprise for Helen. He is not going to get a job ever and is going to be at home constantly dogging her every footstep, hiding the checkbook and confiscating her car keys. What a nice man. However, he may be forced into getting a proper job as Justin is pursuing him to replace poor old Charlie at Barrow. I am now starting to see Charlie as Charlie Brown from Peanuts. Oh, good grief. Neil is Linus. Linda is Lucy. I'm getting carried away. Anyway, I am sure Rob will accept this new role with his usual grace and lack of glorying in victory over Charlie, as that's the kind of magnanimous chap he is. Ha, ha, ha. I've now changed my mind, by the way, over Charlie being Justin's stepson, as Justin calls him Charlie Thomas. And although the upper classes are stilted and peculiar, even they don't call family members by their surnames. Mm-hmm. The Grundies still have not found a place to live. Shame Jenny Darling gave away that kitchen, really, as they could have lived in the white wine fridge. Kathy regained <laughs> the power of speech to have a word with them about Joe's behaviour, wandering around the bar at Gay Grables in his undercrackers. Apparently, a guest complained when she caught a glimpse of his ferret. Roy and Krusty had a chat. She tried to persuade him to take a role in Calendar Girls and get his kit off. It's only a small part, she said. Yes, that's what I'm worried about, said Roy. Anyway, she'll see exactly how small it is when she moves in with him. And bizarrely, (laughs) yet another entirely ridiculous plot twist, Elizabeth, who has been seizing up every time Roy spoke to her on the phone and has been slinking around Lower Loxley, hiding from the entire village, is now not only happy to act as his wife in front of the entire village on stage and get her kit off in front of him, she invited him out for a drink at the Bull, which is the equivalent of posting something in the Borchester Echo or 
giving Jennifer a slug of cooking sherry and asking her not to tell anyone. <laughs> so not only is Elizabeth dreaming of Roy, Will Grundy's dreaming of Justin Elliott the night before the shoot. High and fast, that's how Justin likes them, apparently. Wonder if he's met Kate. Uh, Titchy Knob went sliming around the gentry, probably wearing his barber rat catcher hunting pink and ascot top hat all at once, just to prove how much he fits in the git. Such a shame all of our holiday cottages are booked, said Jenny Darling insincerely at the prospect of the Grundys staggering around home farm, brewing cider in the pool and filling the Welsh dresser with some of they turkeys. Meanwhile... Uh-huh. Adam showed Justin his herbal lays and he pretended to be fascinated. Justin seemed more fascinated by Jenny Darling, to be honest. Anyone else think that Justin may be going to try and get into Jenny Darling's Underwood's finest cashmere camis? <laughs> Mia is playing Mary in the nativity. That'll put Kira's nose right out of joint because she's only understudying a Brussels sprout in scene two. And then we had the hunt ball in which Charlie gave a hugely disappointing blow, but Rob tootled away in triumph in his role as the evil baron in the village pantomime. I know they're not having a village pantomime this year, technically, but Rob's behaviour is now so overtly boo hiss that I keep imagining him with a swirly cloak roaring at small children in the front row who get taken out in tears. At the hunt ball, naughty Jenny Darling got a bit pissy boots very quickly. She went from... Oh, hello. How lovely to see you, sir. Oh, my God. I shouldn't say this is what I'm going to. And inadvertently gave Titchy Knob enough ammunition to see off the entire village practically. Well done, Jenny Darling. If you and Pat will make a concerted effort to send Helen into an early grave, you could not be doing a better job. The end. Oh, that's quite good this week, that was. I quite <laughs> like that, Lucy. There's some jokes in there. <laughs> and 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 some wry observations on the weird and wonderful goings on mm. and the residents of Ambridge. Mm. You know what I feel? I've got an overwhelming sense of a little bit of a slow burn in Ambridge in the last few weeks. We are gearing up for uh, some kind of big blockbustery nonsense at at, yeah. uh, at at Crimbo New Year's, aren't we? We just yeah. are. Well, everybody's saying very hopefully, oh, good, I can't wait for Christmas because I just want all this to be over with. It oh. might not, you know. It might not be. We always think whatever is going to happen is going to happen at Christmas. Well, but there's, there's nothing to stop them, you know, spinning this bloody out. Well, there was, um, over in Bristol, and it's over on the forum... Uh, Auntie Jean and yeah, Goddess no, Goddess Diva. Diva said in her call that she'd um yes, she'd, yeah. So what what is it? What is it? Well, there Tell was me. some Ambridge um Ambridge Archers Archers thing, and uh, Uncle God Kerry Davis was there, uh, Tim Bentink, um, etc. etc. And the distinct impression has been left that this is going on way into next year. Now I'm going to slightly uh-huh. call to, now. I know that there is a whole load of people saying they can't take this anymore. And there is the, you know, kind of inherent reality of this. And if gaslighting goes on for years mm. and it is slow yeah, and insidious. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, this is a thing, isn't it? This isn't real life. So we're allowed to speed it up. Well, this is the thing. And my thing, my thing, my thing, my thing. And I know I've said this before. So the people are going to say, Royfield, you sound like a BBC repeat right is that i'm tired of the lopsided nature yeah yeah of of the thing that's what i'm tired of the storyline in and of itself yeah i'm just saying just get just get to the end because you're an evil bastard and and we need to get rid it's how we're going to get rid of you so there is an element of that but it's just the fact that 
he's he's just written he's actually been he's written too well mm. too well too much detail compared to everybody else compared to the fact that the Grundys and I know I'm just slightly jumping into potentially into a call or two can just go back into their home and just wait until they, they're told yes. to move. It's all, yeah. You know, there's yeah. all this exposition and yeah. detail into this, um, the slow um, abuse of mm. Helen. And then it's that the Grundy solution is quite simple. Okay, well, you actually do have a home. It's been done up to the nines. Yes. Move your stuff in and then wait <laughs> and until... And even if they don't want to get all their stuff out of storage, they could just sort of camp there for exactly. two Exactly. Except the only thing I did think, mm. have they disconnected the water and the heating and everything and the electricity? That's never stopped them before, has it? That's true. The no. Grundys have put themselves and in... all of a sudden, they're now the most law-abiding people <laughs> in the world. But anyway, I'm jumping into uh, potential call answer territory. Um, uh, Lucy? Well, actually, can uh, I just... Because uh, Amy Gilbert sent us a very... She Amy, did. who was on the show, yes. sent us a very good email the other day that yes. made me laugh. She said, If I have to see another comment on Facebook that says something along the lines of, I refuse to listen anymore. After tonight's episode, I'm off. I mean it. I'll never listen again. I really do mean it this time. I am going to scream. If people don't want to listen, then fair enough, each to their own and all that. But you don't need to tell the world a million times that you don't intend to listen anymore when we all know you'll be tuning back in next week. So could somebody, (laughs) please, for the sake of everybody else's sanity, create an Archer's Disappreciation Society so that these people have somewhere to vent their frustrations? Now kindly bugger off and let the rest... (laughs) And let the rest of the listening contingent enjoy the prospect of a load of middle-aged women getting their tips out for charity. Rant over. Bracket. Please note, the above is meant for humorous purposes only. Close bracket. Talking about getting your your tits out for charity. Are you? Uh, Yes. Are you? I'm getting me moobs out. Getting me (laughs) man. Well... There's been too many people saying that they want to do this this calendar. Witherspoon's jumped in, as you know. um, (laughs) And so this is what we're going to do, folks. Very obviously, there is no photographer that is going to take these pictures, right? And this is just a ruse for you to get people to send you nudie pics. uh, Lucy, let me continue. Sorry. Okay, right. Now... Um, I think I said on the show, and if I didn't, I definitely said on the Twitter, that we already have a submission from a listener. (laughs) And she's there, and it's very tasteful. It's very tasteful, (laughs) right? And it didn't brighten up my afternoon when it blocked into my... have any idea how sleazy you sound saying it was very tasteful? (laughs) Oh, it was, though. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what, if you want to be on this calendar, this is what you have to do. Right. Very obviously, I'm not after any nudie shots. Right. <laughs> but get your partner or get a mate to snap you with your iPhone and have the the vegetables kind of in place. And I think we what only need to vegetables? do vegetables. Yes. What do you mean have the vegetables in place? Well, all the objects, whatever. The ob- Use yeah. your imagination. Why right. would you automatically think of vegetables? You're a very strange man. <laughs> Well, isn't this, wait a minute, isn't this fundamentally an agricultural drama? But there's more to farming than vegetables. Okay, but the, you, your average person doesn't have a hoe or a scythe to hand, do they? No, but we can all lay our hands on a putrefying dog pelvis. <laughs> 
Yes, of course we can. So, whatever household implement you would like to cover your modesty with, please do so. Get a cotton your... bud, if necessary. Can we get to the end of this, please? Because we've got calls. People are waiting for the calls. And then get your mate, your friend, your hubby, your wife to send the picture through. And because by last looks of this, looking at the, the Dum De Dum forum, I think there's about six people who says they're up for it. Now, with me, with the spoon, and with the fact we already have a picture already, easy maths, that's ten. So we're almost there. And what we'll do, we'll print this up on Cafe Press, and then we'll send the money off to... what? What's the charity we're going to send it off to? Is it Refuge? Refuge. We'll yeah. send the money off to Refuge. So so there you go. You never know. They might make £3.50 out of this Refuge. So if you want to do it, email into royfield at gmail.com. You'll pick... Make sure that you're all, you know, you're all tasteful and, and everything. And we'll get this done. Because and... there's too many people that actually really want to do it. And nothing you send us will go any further than the police and the inland revenue. <laughs> um, can I do my charity thing that I was thinking of go doing? On. So we want to do stuff for refuge because of the Robin Helen storyline, yes. because it has highlighted for a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, what a horrendous situation people find themselves in. And they were loving it, the Dum Dum Do last They were year, very good. Um, we were thinking, I was thinking of asking Derek in the back bedroom, because he's got bugger all else to do, and he's just going around interfering with this nude calendar. And ideally, we don't want... Because Derek was up for coming around and visiting everyone individual with a long lens. So, you know... It it is retractable, he said. Um, If you... (laughs) Rather than having Derek invade everyone's privacy, I thought that I could keep him busy by writing Christmas cards uh, for you all. And uh, I appreciate that the gentleman may not like... Well, not all the term of the gentleman may not like anything from from Derek. Uh, And they might prefer something from Sabrina Thwaite. I don't know. But if you would like a Christmas card with a little handwritten message from either Derek or Sabrina, I I suggest opening the one from Derek with gloves because you never know what's going to be in it. Um, Then just make a donation to Refuge and then uh, send us the proof that you've made the donation somehow it will say thank you for your donation or whatever so you screenshot that or send us a link or whatever 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 and then uh i will organize sabrina and derek sending you a christmas card oh, it's lovely. to brighten up your mantelpiece or alternatively <laughs> give you a really unpleasant shock on christmas eve but anyway one or the other yes so that's 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 two charity things you can do to brighten up this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, uh, shall we crack on with some calls? Yes. Smashing. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Well, it would appear that New Zealand is the new Oxford Ring Road. Um, except that it isn't. We are now so well used to being toyed about with, with promises of uh, Ruth going off, uh, that we probably don't believe anything now. I mean, I didn't even believe Mike and Vicky were going to go. I got that wrong, but I think... Ruth is with us forever now, really. What a fuss about a fortnight. I mean, it sounded like it was going to be forever. And New Zealand came out of the blue. Did I miss a comment about it weeks ago or something? But real fuss about just a fortnight. 
for heaven's sake, David, get a grip. And Ruth, don't be petulant. They had to run the farm without you, so don't blame them for doing it. Uh, they did really well. Um, changing the subject, I'm looking forward to Calendar Girls on so many levels. Um, I think it's going to be a hoot. I really hope it's going to be a standalone drama like we had with Life Spirit. I thought that was fab, so that would be really nice. But one way or the other, I'm really hoping it will mean that the Helen and Rob storyline gets a bit of a prod in the direction of a conclusion before certainly my nerves are shot to pieces. Uh, really frightened to listen now. I get very edgy when I know that Helen and Rob are going to be in it. And I'm still edgy when they're not because I'm expecting them to turn up. I'm really not enjoying it. It's, it's well done and everything, but I'm really hating every second of it. Changing the subject again. Thank you to Roy Field for organising our wonderful meal out. It was absolutely fab. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to speak to more people than I did, but I loved being with uh, Ms Alliance and Auntie Jean and others at our end of the table. And a big thank you to Paul for being such a gent when my name sticky label went down the inside of my frock. That was embarrassing. Anyway, that's it for now. Dusty substances. I know. This is pissing ridiculous, excuse the language. This, she's going for a fortnight. Uh. For a start, no one goes to New Zealand for a fortnight. Anyway, because it takes you a day to get there, or two days or whatever it is, because I don't really understand this clock's going forward and back business. And if the flight... So the flight's that long. It takes you sort of three days to get over the jet lag. Uh, she'll have one day looking at a sheep and then she'll be coming back again. Uh, and, and and there's this kind of... A, a, this, why is it we should say keep in touch? You don't say to someone keep in touch when no. they're going away for a fortnight. I know. And, Usha completely disappeared for about a year and a half. Nobody batted an eyelid. No, the whole thing is rather peculiar. And for me, there's been some kind of snafu here in that... She's going off to... Because basically, if you go off to the Antipodes or Canada, it means yeah. you are going away. It's a big deal in and of itself. Yeah. In, ter- in real life and in dramatic purposes. Yes. Do you right. think the actress has suddenly had to go off or something? But two weeks, you can do voices off and whatever, can't you? Yeah. You can still yeah. muddle yes. through for yeah. two weeks. Well, is it going to be two weeks, though? Is she suddenly going to say now... She's enjoying sheep shearing. Yeah, or and... she's she's going to stay and help somebody, or she's whatever. Well, there's something weird going on because you're completely right. Nobody I don't says feel ready to come back, David. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I make her sound like a 90 year old alcoholic, but anyway, <laughs> I apologise well, to our friends in the north. Sorry. Well, what you don't do is say keep you know keep in touch because you know what there's bloody Facebook. Yeah. You know, you'll just you'll just be posting pictures of sheep and of cows and whatever the hell she's doing. And that's how you keep in touch. So uh, it, it makes no sense. And, no. and I saw this two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, because it should be you're gone for two months. Minimum. Yes, exactly. Minimum. I was beginning to think, have it's... I got this wrong? And I had to go back and listen again when mm. she said she's going for a fo- And I thought, a bloody fortnight? Flaming, Nora. I know. Oh, and also, Dusty. She mm. says, thank you to Paul when, for being so tactful when the sticky label went down her front. Which Paul? Paul Douglas? What was he doing <laughs> fishing around your front? I don't know what's going on. That completely passed uh, me by. Yeah. There must have been all manner of shenanigans going on down that end of the table that I had no idea about. Anyway. Lucky Paul. Lucky no. Paul. <laughs> mm. 
Um, what I did like, though, there was a little instance last week where um, Ruth talked about a Sam, didn't she? Yes. And, and Dave was, Sam? Sam? <laughs> when he said, who's that tall chap at the, at the departure gate? Yeah. And she said, oh, I don't know. That's da, da, da. Um, well, I mean, it's nice, though, because now he's free to marry Pip. So that's excellent. Um, <laughs> uh, also, she didn't say, I love you, did she? Well... She she's you know she is well, being she's, spectacularly she's questioning petulant. all of that and and has done with Usha, but I kind of get it now the reason why um, so many listeners don't like Ruth, and it's because she's just unremittingly actually grim, isn't she? She she never brings any lightness. No, she's to, very earnest and hard work. She's too earnest, Ugh. and 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 the thing is, her earnestness for the most part comes from a really good place but yeah. when somebody's just remittently just kind of yeah. we always have to be serious about this and yeah. you know, the yes. woman her mother's just died don't get me wrong with what I'm about to say her mother's just died but yeah on the other hand she's, she's just about to trouser a quarter of a million quid and even that it was like it was like she'd been given a dose of botulism herself hadn't she miserable old bint <laughs> be gone with her is what I say you know I came into doing Dum De Dum and I always kind of quite like Ruth but it's actually now doing this thing when you have to, you're forced to sit down and actually think about the characters mm. and I've gone actually I don't like her because yeah. she's she's just she grinds the light out of every bloody situation that woman yeah. and don't get me wrong I don't you know losing a parent is is not you know is not but at all a pleasant thing. But exactly, but she used up all of her kind of yeah. give her the benefit of the doubt, you know, tokens years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yes. Well, you're welcome to her, New Zealand. Hang on to her for as long as you like. Honestly, Ooh, you're fine. Know, you know they're having a referendum down there at the moment. Excellent. They'll make her president then, and then she can stay there. No. Fact, what, what do you mean, does... president? I don't know. The Queen is the head of state, the Prime Minister. Oh, right. She They're be voting queen. on a new flag. Are they? Oh, God. <laughs> I love a bit of vexillology, me. Vexillology? Is that vexillogy. what you Vexillogically. I can't even say it. Vexillogically. Vexillogically. Flagness. That's yeah. what you like. Yeah. I do like a bit of flagness. Tells, hmm. tells you a lot about um, a people, a country, a nation, where it sees itself uh, as coming from and going to. Hmm. I heard a lovely story about that the other day. Go on. They interviewed, uh, this was some time ago in the 50s, they went uh, around Washington and they, uh, it was DC on Christmas. DC or state? What? DC. Okay. They interviewed uh, all the um, diplomats from the embassies about what they wanted for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went to the English ambassador. He was very busy hosting a reception. British. He said, we're do- sorry, British. We're, do- we're, doing a p- we're doing a piece on them. On, on, on what you want for Christmas. And he said, oh, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, oh, God, a uh, pipe, pipe, pair of slippers, probably. I don't know. Goodness, mm. I don't know, he said. Anyway, a piece appeared the next day, Christmas Day, and it said, our wishes, wishes from the embassies. The French embassy wished for international peace and solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> the American ambassador asked for understanding nation unto nation, and the British ambassador asked for a pipe and a pair of slippers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Ah, which I think says more about Britain. I think that's the perfect British answer, actually. Actually, it's what I want. Piper <laughs> slippers. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, we have a depressing email from Cameron Chambers. Thank you very Ooh, much, Cameron. Okay. Actually, it's not depressing. It's, it's from the Book of Face. We are not going to see the back of Rob for a very long time. The new mm. baby will be his much-wanted prodigal son who will ultimately turn Henry into a male version of his mother. This is not for the faint-hearted, this call. Rob will, in the short term, get his job back at Barrow. Uh, he is going to become master of the hunt and receive his much dreamed of status in the community squire Titchener. Helen will slide into herself and lose all her self-worth. The more sympathy Rob will garner from all those around him, he will be perceived as her saviour. He will get his hands on Peggy's house and Helen's share of the farm, either by power of attorney over Helen or through her untimely death. In short, the bastard Titchenob will be casting a dark shadow over almost every aspect of the archers for a considerable time. As much as I'd like to see him head to an early grave in some unfortunate incident with one of Tony's tables, it just isn't going to happen. Well, thank you, Cameron. What a little ray of sunshine you are. Mm. I, a... I spend my weeks contemplating. Every time he does anything, I think, oh, good, this is how he's going to die. And then he lives to fight another day. Very mm. annoying. Yes. I, that, I just thought that that, uh, post on on Facebook uh, just had such a ring of like authenticity about it. You know, it just felt all ridiculously plausible. Is something you know when we you know when you talked about the imbalance that when you think my goodness this this the, the Robin Helen storyline mm. is so well nuanced and so much attention given to it, mm. and it sort of uh, it set the others off kilter slightly. It, Massively, it's what, yeah. What Dusty Substances said as well was even when. She said, I worry when they're in it, when Rob and Helen are in it, because I find it too tense. But then she said, when they're not in it, I'm worried because I'm waiting. I think, what are they doing when I'm not there? <laughs> What's going on when we don't, we don't know? Mm. And, you know, I'm sort of braced for, for them appearing. And so even when they're not there, they're dominating because we're so worried about them. Mm. That's you a know, very I good point. I can't even feel any relief now when we're mucking around with the Grundies because that's all doom and gloom and Joe's making mm. everybody cry. Mm. You know, and apart from this piddling calendar, there's, there's, and even when that's happening, I'm thinking, uh, I'm just, I am, I know exactly what she means. I'm braced to go back to Rob and Helen and think, oh God, what's happening? Mm. No, it's true. It's true. It's like, you know, these gathering storm clouds, these portentous storm clouds have been there for, for so long that in in lots of ways, they're kind of, stopping uh, the light shining on kind of all aspects of the yeah. drama and I hadn't thought about it that way because each each time you, you switch on your radio you're thinking right then okay more yeah. doom and gloom brace, brace. you know yeah, yeah and, and you break yourself and then you are forced and, and 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 this is absolutely deliberate you are forced then to read into every little nuance yes. of yeah. actually then what yeah. he says you know yeah. Uh, and, I feel it, like I listen so intently exactly. that my ears are going to start bleeding. <laughs> oh God! Don't listen that hard, Lucy. That right. <laughs> I can't advise you to continue to listen. <laughs> Turn the volume down, love. <laughs> I think it's the clenched teeth and my neck locks, and you know, <laughs> I, I don't blink for about twenty minutes. Oh. Um, yes, Emily Thomas. This is all a bit Robin Helen-y this time. Uh, uh, wait a minute, Thomas. wait a minute. Sorry, Greavesy, sorry, sorry. Greavesy. There you go. Oh, step in. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Emily the Au Pair calling from Paris. First of all, 
Thank you for the messages that continue to come in from the Archers fans and Dumpty Dummers around the world, including you, Royfield. I did get your email. Um, it went to my blog email address. And as you can imagine, writing a blog about living in Paris has not been very fun for the last week. So I've been on a temporary hiatus, but I did get your email. Thank you very much. On to matters of another kind of depressing, the log flume of despair that is Rob and Helen. We often talk about Rob wanting to be in control of Helen. And in the last Dumpty Dum, someone actually mentioned Pat wanting to be in control of Helen. But I'd like to talk about Helen being in control of Helen. Now, I'm hoping that Witherspoon and our lovely new psychotherapist friend, Michelle, from what Lucy called Bird Island, can offer a more professional perspective on what I'm about to say. But here goes. A few weeks back, I noticed and tweeted about Helen being a bit funny over food. It's actually tweeted about it so long ago that I can no longer find it on my own Twitter feed, which is probably evidence I tweet about the archers too much. But that's another story. I'm wondering if this was an incredibly subtle plant by the scriptwriters. Because this week, um, Helen was being funny about food again. Rob was trying to offer her a salad. And she was first very tired. And then she was saying that um, she wasn't feeling very hungry and that she didn't want dressing on it. And finally, she said that she was feeling sick. Now, it could be that this is just first trimester nausea and I'm reading too much into it. But I think it's worth remembering that Helen is vulnerable to eating disorders. Um, Eating disorders, and I can only speak from personal experience, are often not just about feeling fat or having issues with your image, but are also about trying to exert control over one aspect of your life for, in this case, food, as as you lose control of another part of your life. I think that this could be more evidence that Helen is starting to rebel against Rob. I mean, she has surrendered so much of her control to him. Um, And in the last few weeks, we finally started seeing her say no or doing things her own way. And short of force feeding her, and let's not put it past him, but short of force feeding her, Rob can't actually control the food that Helen puts into her body. So I'm going to leave it there, but love and croissants to you all. Bisous. Um, Greaves' girlfriend, Emily Thomas, says uh, that Pat is also wanting to be in control of Helen. And um, she talks about the... What? Can I just say, um, one of the reasons why Mr. Horn was so excellent last week is that he told me something which I did not know. Um that one of the reasons why Pat is so uh, protective about Helen... Yes, goes, I've gotten that as well. Yes, well yeah. done, Andrew Horn. Yeah. You know, so it puts... It, you know, and we cannot catch out the scriptwriters at all in terms of sewing the threads as yeah. the reason why relationships have developed into the way that they have. Mm-hmm. And us as listeners, it doesn't matter how um, kind of on it and passionate we are as listeners, we, we forget stuff. You yeah. know, uh, you know. So there was oh, the car Cosmo. accident. It yeah, apart from Cosmo, anything. yes. Yeah. But even Cosmo hadn't brought this up, had he? Yeah. You know, there was the ca- there was the car accident. Yeah, tr- very true. There was the car accident ten ten years ago, which which I remembered, but I'd I'd forgotten. So it, there was that chime with Pat saying, "You know what, Helen, you need to you need to take it easy." You mm. know, we all know that Helen has had he- eating disorders before, yeah. and he's actually going through one now. And I'm, you know. And and that's been for the for the past years of all these clues about her not having lunch and whatever. But then it goes all the way back to her birth. Andrew Horn, well done, sir. Yes. Well done, sir. 
so Pat's behaviour towards her isn't so uh, inexplicable when you when you knit all those threads together. Um, uh, we'll do Andrew's horns call now. Um, oh, we're done with Emily. I love you, Thomas. Yes, because that's what she said. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Greasy, um, let me how let me know how it goes, sir. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. First of all, I'd like to thank you all for the lovely feedback after last week. I, I was touched and, and surprised. I thought I might get one or two comments, but it's been uh, it's been going all week. So thank you, thank you. And now two points on the stories. Comedy. Uh, lovely to have a little bit of comedy on Friday with Justin, Linda and Jennifer, away from the unremitting gloom that we've had most of the rest of the week. That was welcome. And the Grundys housing. Uh, the Grundys do have a house in Ambridge. Number one, the green belongs to Will. And I know that Emma and Ed have offered in the past. Now they need to insist. And Clary, Joe and Eddie need to move in. We need to put this storyline to bed. Thank you. Uh, Andrew Horn said um, that the Grundys either need to move in with Will or Nick or Ed and Emma or Rickyard or even back into their own bloody house. That would do, wouldn't it? <laughs> really? Um, Nick sounded a little bit UKIP, didn't she? They can't come here. We're full. We're full up. No room. Everyone go away. Nothing to see here. We have no room. No, 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 no. Um, and she's very sympathetic, Nick. I'm not sure she would do that. But I could see the the trepidation of thinking, well, this isn't a short... T- it's not like moving in temporarily because of a flood. It's moving in because actually we have nowhere else to go and there's no... That's another thing. Sorry. We're doing everything. So that's an- And another thing. You know, Kirsty said to Roy, yes, I'm thinking of moving back to Ambridge. Mm. And he said, oh, brilliant. Where are you going to live? And she said, I don't In know. Your house, basically. <laughs> mm. But she sort of said, I don't know. And you kind of think, you don't decide you're going to move back somewhere. And that, you know, you say, oh, I'm moving back to Ambridge here. I'm moving back to this place to live here. Not just I'm going to move back to a place where it seems to be in Ambridge. If you need a house Mm. and you are integral to the storyline, you will get one, however ludicrously the means, i.e. Fallon and um, Harassment just sort of pop up with with, um, Auntie Cardboard's house. Uh, But if you're, you know, if if it's, and and Krusty, just within 10 minutes, she says, I'm going to move back to Ambridge. I'm going to live with you. I am now living with you in Ambridge, you know. And then there's the poor old Grundys who would spend the whole time bemoaning the fact that there is no reasonably priced accommodation. And yet when everyone else needs somewhere, there it is. Hmm. To, to, to be fair, though, it's a bit different as a single adult. Yeah. You know, you're much more kind of flexible in terms of, you know, you can go crash on someone's settee for, for a month. You know, the worst comes to the absolute worst. Also, Whereas the, the, the Grundys are a job lot, aren't they? Who's you know. moved into Mike and Vicky's? Somebody has moved in, though, because remember, Roy once said, oh, those new people have moved in. Yeah, I in. know they have, but who are they? We've Good not question. seen hide nor hair of them. Well, we haven't seen anybody in Ambridge ever, Lucy. No, you know what I mean. Mm. Yes, you are right, All though. very suspicious, if you ask me. Oh. Hi, it's Sean here, first-time caller in a row. Wanted to phone up to... Keep some praise on Andrew Horn, who I think did a marvellous job in standing in for Royfield last week. And hopefully we'll have him back on in the near future. Well done, Andrew. The thing that's been played on my mind this week, which hasn't really been mentioned anywhere, 
is this extra scan that Rob has organised for Helen? And I'm just wondering if it's going to come back as a little girl and he's going to mention the idea of a termination, which could all really kick things off. And that's how things come to a head. We'll see what happens on then. But I think this booking extra scan is going to be quite a big deal. Now, Sean, Cedarmaster. Yes. Sean, it's not, not a first time. Yes. Order, it's not just a thing that you say, Sean. It actually means something. <laughs> now he says that if it's a girl rob's going to suggest a termination no No, not even because rob rob is not i mean he's horrible Mm. he's a vile person but he's not stupid and he knows that um that that would lose him sympathy and the way the only way he can operate is by still appearing to be a nice guy Mm. uh you know and if if that he would lose Pat. He would lose everybody that at the moment is propping him up and allowing him to 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 manipulate everybody mm. um, uh, uh, that he needs to. Uh, Kate Unwin. Hello, um, it's Kate Unwin here. I just think it's so implausible that Jenny Darling would have told Rob about Adam and Parvel. I just can't get my head around that. I just think that's ridiculous. And now I just think that Rob is just plain evil the way he's basically just trying to destroy their lives for what for what reason because he's a massive homophobe just just because he's evil so he's gonna obviously try and stir that up either on the wedding day or previous to the wedding day i think justin is gonna replace charlie with rob which is just and then i think charlie's gonna sort of sort of become a bit of a some sort of crazed man on undercover and he might fly out to see Stefan and um, work out everything evil that Rob's done and present it all somehow. That'd be fun. And then I think Helen's going to have a miscarriage and I think Rob is going to sort of verbally or physically attack or both attack her and someone's going to see it. That's going to be, you know, the crescendo. Yeah, I'm hoping that more and more people are, are picking up. So, like, he's probably he's probably really mean to Fallon and Harrison, and he just you know he's spreading his negative, horrible evilness around. So gradually, everyone's sort of you know cottoning onto it. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm joining the people who can't bear to listen to it much anymore. It's just unbearable. But yeah, roll on Christmas and a resolution to this whole thing. Anyway, oh, love Kate Unwin. Um, She's very creative, don't you know? I know. Mm. Uh, She says it's implausible that Jenny Darling would tell um, Rob about Adam. Um, I love the idea of Charlie becoming slowly deranged as Rob eats away after Rob ruins Ian's marriage, which he will. Mm. Um, It ruins Adam's marriage. And replaces Charlie at the farm. And Charlie's just going to go steadily more and more paranoid and deranged. She, he could join forces with Jennifer and they could set up a detective agency. <laughs> Spreadsheet and Albion. Detective agency. No job too ludicrous, I think. Um, I don't know whether Kate was applying deodorant while she made this call, but there was a lot of weird hissing noises on it. So, uh, yes, nice to know that you're, you're, you're smelling nice and fresh while you call us, Kate. On the face of it. It did feel bonkers. But 
Jenny was a bit tiddly, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. That that's the thing. She's a bit tiddly, and it's kind of fallen out out of her mouth. I think that because otherwise, no. Why would she have said that? She has no relationship with Rob worth talking about. No, you know. But they're at they're at this do. Well, he does flatter her, doesn't he? Like he does, like he does. Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he does. But you're he looking does. gorgeous as ever, Jenny, and she is a bit prone to. Mm leaving bullshit isn't she yeah and she was a bit tiddly and, and you got that when you listen to it she's a bit like oh so you know she, she was indiscreet she was indiscreet and that hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Way it makes some. Um, That's a very good phrase. It fell out of her mouth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, Dumb Stomach. Yokel Bear here calling from Yokelshire. I didn't phone in for a couple of weeks, but this was mainly because my job was quite busy and I got behind on listening to the Archers. Two things to say this week. First of all, I have got all Sigourney Weaver over Justin. If he's going to sack or demote Charlie, I'm going to be like Sigourney in that Aliens film. I'll be all like, get away from him, you bitch. Basically... Rob's evil is just spreading outwards. But as you know, I'm a big fan of Charlie, a big fan of Charlie's. So, you know, Justin, you're going to do anything bad? You've got to come through me first. Uh, The second thing I realised this week was I don't like the Archers family. I'm an Archers fan who doesn't like the Archers family. They're just all a bit annoying. David kind of having everything handed to him on a plate and that sense of entitlement. Jill, God, if passive aggressiveness was electricity, she could power the national grid. You've And Pip as well. Pip, does anyone just not believe the personality change that Pip went through? Okay, I know it's a new actress and everything like that, but going from awful, sulky teenager to... Totally grown up farm manager in like three weeks. I mean, come on, they're all just a bit annoying. And then there's the other kids as well, you know, Ben. Oh, Ben's all right, I suppose. But you know, Josh, the egg king of Ambridge, reminds me of my cousin who, you know, wanted to be an accountant by the time he was eight. Um, God. 
So, but, um, yeah, not there's anything wrong with accountants if there's any accountants, um, you know, out there. But to be want to be one at eight years old, I think, is a little bit odd, really. I wanted to be an astronaut, possibly a ballerina. Yokel Bear, nice to hear you back, Yokel Bear. And the prospect of you wanting to be a ballerina when you were small made me laugh a lot. So thank you for that. Mm. Um, he's decided he doesn't actually like the Archer family mm. at all. He doesn't like any of them. Well, no, he means the Brookers Archers, doesn't he? Yes. Because there are a few branches of the Archers family on this show. Um, I well, we, we have talked about this before and I feel I feel somewhat disloyal saying saying this again <laughs> because I actually really like Tim. Yeah. Uh, but they are the least interesting branch of any family that are actually on the show but if you understand that they are the moral center mm. uh then then it makes sense that they actually are the rock uh of which the whole drama you know kind of spins around uh, and it's all about continuity and people say that tim ha- tim sorry that's freudian david has this sense of entitlement i don't think that he has he has a sense of um being a custodian that's what where I see it, but th- but they are the rock, just like Phil and Jill were the rock also, and because there is a pass that you know there's been this passing of the baton, and um, there is more much more nuance to the relationship of um, you know the husband and wife, which are at the centre, David and Ruth. Um, yes, you know, Ruth does question whether she really loves David and she almost had an affair once, etc. But you know she's going to come back. You you absolutely know that this family is is solid. Mm. Um and are you and and they've been used to demonstrate how dysfunctional other relationships are, you know, as a way of compare and contrast. So I absolutely agree with you yokel bear in that they're not that interesting i would say that like that that i hate them though and the two younger boys are just you can't even say they're criminally under underused they're just not used no you know they're um, invisible yeah. silent yeah absolutely so yeah he also commented about pip and i was thinking about what you said yokel bear and i was thinking can i imagine pip that Three years ago, she was messing around with Jude the Obscure. <laughs> Jude, the, Jude the Obscene, probably. Um, and it, she does feel, it does feel like a different person. But then, does is that what happens when you look back at how you behaved when you were 17 and then how you behaved in your, you know, early 20s? Does, do you, is it that you, are you so different that you are basically a different person? Mm. You but know, I really can't... See, I do think that you're right. I think her maturity has come up well. It, it, her maturity was accompanied with the, that fabulous description of her somebody gave on Twitter of that she's now a languid divorcee when she came back with that the new voice. Um, but yeah, I, it, it does feel like a huge character shift that is more than simply maturity. You know what, though? Um thinking about this and i hadn't thought about this until this second so this is an ill worked out brain fart of mine but of literally of all the professions there are 
the most conservative, the most has got to it's got to be farming, mm. right? In terms of just tying you to a place, yeah, to a yeah. way of working which is written is literally written in stone for, yeah. for century after century. So viewed one way, it makes sense that you have a brief period uh, before you start you know, working on the farm, so to speak, where you are a young farmer and a bit of a hooray Henry and you yeah. can let your hair down. But of all the professions, like, you know, of which when you actually start working, God, do you need to grow up fast? It's going to be farming. Yeah. And you are constantly listening to the advice and the wisdom of elders. Yeah. Constantly. In a way that, let's say, if you're an actor, you don't. If you are a graphic designer, you don't. Mm. You know, I'm sure yeah. I could go on and on and on, you know, with, with these types of jobs where you, you have still have a much lengthier period of being... Um, Apprenticed a, sort of thing. There you go. There you mm-hmm. go. But with farming, you know, you, you buckle into um, a way of working. So they all you, go a bit rebellious and nuts before, you mean, before they acknowledge yeah, yeah. that. And, give... Yeah, you know, and it, so... I think the the gear shift that um, the character of Pip has made is just more pronounced because it's a different actress with a voice that sounds 20 years older than, than the previous one. Because the previous actress sounded very young. There, yeah. there was that as well. It wasn't just it was a different voice. She sounded very young. Um, and I think that's playing on our minds quite a bit as well. But if you think back to Pip beforehand you know she was doing all this kind of social media stuff and whatever but actually you know she's always been incredibly pro the farm mm. she always has been yeah but, you know but because she was younger she was she she was always talking about new techniques let's do things in a different way but she's always been extremely pro the farm she always wanted to be a farmer so i i think it's the fact that it's this different voice which has thrown us into a bit of a loop as to how mature yeah. she's actually, actually you know become obviously there has been a change but i don't think it's as pronounced as really as we'd uh, like to make out hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs mercy another seven days in ambridge and more conniving from rob covering several fronts this week as usual he's been trying to keep helen barefoot as well as pregnant and trying to ingratiate himself to Pat. Pat now sees Rob as the knight in shining armor, though there was a slight chink when Rob mentioned to Pat that he had turned down the job, though not sure it was actually offered to him. But signs are pointing to Rob perhaps not being satisfied with becoming the lord of the Bridge Farm Manor, but angling for Charlie's position. I also can't wait for a bad review of the decor of the farm store to come out in the Echo this week. Rob, there was no reason to be sarcastic with a 90-plus-year-old man offering his opinion, especially when he was asked. And why is Rob so interested in torpedoing Adam and Ian's marriage? It's gone beyond his hatred of Charlie. Is it to cause a rift in one of Helen's only close friendships? And reminder, Jennifer, loose lips sink ships. I had even forgotten that Jennifer knew about Adam and Pavel. I went all the way back in the summaries and discovered that it was on Wednesday, the 19th of September of 2012, that Adam had confessed to his mother that he had done the dirty with Pavel. 
It was Jennifer's sound advice at the time that Adam should not break down and tell Ian and ask for his forgiveness, but to make it up by becoming a better person and partner. So what just is Rob's long game in all of this? I hope we find out soon. Just going back to Rob and Helen and the scan he ordered for her, there's always significance and portend in every out-of-the-ordinary occurrence in Ambridge, so I have a feeling that the scan is going to yield more important information than the Titchener's were bargaining for. Two brief last points. First, does Justin have a little crush on Jennifer? Second, it was sad to hear Joe so upset when he heard the news of his being sent to a home. Earlier, Nick wasn't too sympathetic when Will shared his concerns, but I can understand her anxiety about having her in-laws and elderly grandfather-in-law stay with her indefinitely. Well, the only good bit of news is the hope for some tasteful nudity in the coming weeks. So it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off for now. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy With a spoon I love the way With a Spoon says Rob When he's talking about Titchy Knob Rob <laughs> um, It was very upsetting When Joe was talking about going into a home It was horrible uh. Just his sort of bewilderment You know, and I think it brought back all that Do you remember that horrible, horrible time When they were living in Meadow Rise mm. And he killed the ferret and everything. And, oh, it was so heartrending, that was. Mm. So I wish they'd just, you know, just hurry up and find them somewhere nice to live, for goodness sake. I don't care where it is, just somewhere nice. i tell you a um, little bit of an echo here. I saw the lady in the van yesterday. Oh, I want to go and see that soon. You've got to see it. It's yeah. just the absolute best. And for people that don't know, it's a story of this lady that lived in a van uh, in Alan Bennett's drive for 15 years when he lived in uh, Camden, Primrose Hill. And uh, Dame Maggie Smith just... She, she fundamentally always plays the same part. You know, this miserable, irascible old bag. But she just does it so well. Did and... you hear the radio version of it no i didn't i loved it when she when she keeps coming up with ideas for him to write about Mm -hmm. you could do a piece mr bennett you could you could do a piece about an old lady living in a van that would be very funny possibly (laughs) (laughs) possibly at the end oh she's just oh Uh, it's absolutely fantastic but you looked at that and here is this woman who is obviously incredibly kind of combative and fiercely independent but incredibly needy in in equal measure. And the fact that social services were turning up once every three months and there was a woman who was obviously in her 70s sleeping in a van, Mm. you know, and you just wanted, you know, to to shout at the screen, put her in a home. Yeah. And she absolutely didn't want to go into a home because she said that's where people go to die. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and also because of she'd been sectioned before, mm. she was absolutely petrified of um, of it being institutionalized. Yes. She just saw it as imprisonment and a failure, and uh, that she was being punished. And and then there was, and then she, she felt that she was on the run, didn't she? Yes, she was, well, she well, just, well, she was, wasn't she? Because yeah. she hadn't reported the, the fact no, that yes, yeah. this guy yeah. had um, driven into her and, and killed himself. And and then her being an ambulance driver during the war and and she said, well, you know, they took the Jews off to, you know, they said it was they said it was a home for them, didn't they? You yeah. know, for, the, for yeah. their benefit. Yeah. You know, so even through her 
kind of deluded kind of craziness you know there was a, a scintilla of well actually you understand where that kind of comes from but it was such a heartwarming piece yeah. of um of of cinema and that whole and i just loved the whole uncomfortable liberal sensibility yeah. of well you know she but... stinks and she's she's <laughs> pooing in the van and there's yeah. incontinence pads everywhere but you know, it's her own choice. <laughs> yes, and you know, more power to her. She's been independent, and of of course, she can kind of live on our street, but it's just not next to our house. Though, yes, not you know. downwind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I recommend. I recommend to anybody go and see. There were only like four people in the whole cinema. Oh, really? and, and it was brilliant. Bear in mind, it was a very early Sunday morning. Oh, okay, uh, but yeah. Um, it's brilliant. Go see it, and um, yeah, the actor that plays Alan Bennett as well is just just amazing, just amazing. Uh, Goddess Diva. Mm-hmm. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Goddess Diva here. Um, thanks for telling me I still have time to do this. I keep forgetting. I don't know what's going on with my head. Probably because it's full of new job stuff. Yay! I got a job. I'm now working for the NHS one 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 nine. So. If you ring the NHS 119, it may well be me who asks you, as first off, if you are conscious and breathing. And secondly, if you've been bleeding heavily red blood for the last 30 minutes, like I would like Rob to do, like I would always want Rob to do, because this is getting ridiculous. Now, I don't believe he even went to that interview. I really don't. I think he's just lying and he's just trying, trying really hard not to leave Helen's side and take over the shop. And it's it's gone beyond creepy now, like proper beyond creepy now. So what else? Um, loving Roy and his small part. Giggled my arse off at that. That made me laugh a lot. And um, I'm waiting for Ursula. Everybody's banking on Kirsty to save Helen. But I think it's going to be Ursula, and here's why I think, and, and in what way. I think Ursula's going to come for dinner, and she's going to be horrible. She's going to be absolutely horrible. I think Ursula will always love Jess. Jess didn't seem to have a bad word to say about her. But Rob does. Rob loathes the woman for whatever reason. And I think that Helen will see the way Rob is around his mother. And then when Helen says... Oh, um, she couldn't have been that bad. Rob will lash out and give her a smack and then she will leave. I think it will be Ursula who'd be the catalyst, not Kirsty. I think we're all waiting on somebody to, to rescue Helen. Um, also, Kerry Davis saw him the other night and he was just as lovely as ever. And yeah, he wants to come back on Dumpty Dum to so make it happen. Also, Tim Bentink, isn't he tall? And um, yeah, they did get, they did give us a spoiler. So... Yeah, I know a spoiler about Brookfield and can be bought for money and chocolate and lots of calls to NHS 111. She doesn't even think Rob went for that interview. Never mind, be offered it and turned it down. Um, She reckons that Ursula, not Kirsty, is going to be the one that saves the day. I don't care who saves the day as long as someone does. And quite fast. I don't care if it is Batman, to be honest. Um, Congratulations on the new job, Goddess Diva. I am quite tempted, I have to say. I think we should all ring the NHS 111 service and say, hello, my name is Rob Dichner. <laughs> Can you give me some advice? <laughs> because my wife is pregnant and I I believe that she should not be allowed to drive. Um, she should do nothing apart from have little naps endlessly. What mm. do you think? And then just listen to the sound of Goddess Diva imploding at the other end. Um, yes, congratulations on the job. Um, well, this 
Ursula thing, it's, oh God. Is it just me? Now I sound like Jeremy Clarkson. Is it just Mm. me that is noticing plot holes the size of sink hole things, Texas sink holes appearing in the middle of Ruth's, how did, nobody's ever explained how Ursula found out that Rob had adopted Henry Mm. because they said she sent them a card. How does she know? Why do we never, if he is talking to Ursula, why do we never hear it? If uh, if uh, Helen is talking to Ursula Titchener, why do we never hear it? Why did Ruth's uh, Helen say, oh, Ursula's coming for lunch. We, I've invited them for lunch, Rob, blah, 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 blah. And then we never heard anything about that either. Uh. Because Eddie said, oh, haven't you met them yet? And she said, no. Where, what is what? Where is that going? What's happening with that? There's just I'm getting slightly annoyed. I'm always slightly annoyed, as you know. That's my default setting: is rising irritation. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels as if we are being deliberately manipulated mm-hmm. with this Robin Helen storyline. You reckon? And I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's only been two years in the making. Yes. And forgive me if I'm going, <laughs> if I'm reading too much into this. Yes, we are being manipulated, obviously, as you said, um, by this Robin Hood storyline. But we're also being patronised, and that's what I don't like mm. because it's not ringing. Some of it is not ringing true, and there are big bits missing. And if you're going to go into this much detail then you have to go into this much detail across all of it, not just the bits that are going to make us go at the radio. That's what I think. And just to bring this all kind of bring this all back together in terms of how unbalanced this, this thing is. Right. And, and I, and I know uncle God Kerry listens to the podcast and I know he's a script writer. He doesn't necessarily plot how everything is um, going necessarily to how the story arc is going to unfold so to speak you know he's adding flesh to to it but Kenton and I know this has been said but Kenton came back Mm. Kenton at the start of the year thought he was going to be the best part of a millionaire yeah came back realized that was not going to be the case understandably was upset though we misdirected his anger and his frustration uh, out on on his brother though understandably you understood the fact that he'd be frustrated with David um, was clinically depressed he couldn't get up he wasn't washing right yeah. he, sorry he, I'm not laughing at anyone having clinical depression <laughs> just, you're just laughing just, at that I'm just laughing at what uh, what you mean you know how quickly that was all tied up you know him and Jolene were kind of going at it like like rabbits weren't they you know yeah. and very and that all came to a full stop yeah right he you know he didn't get as far as contemplating suicide so let's you know alcoholism was, yeah no, but yeah but no he was he was drinking yeah right What's as that? rain now bloody amazing isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that is an instance of how lopsided this drama that's is. like that's like one of those evangelical uh, church services where people go it's a miracle <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord <laughs> but it's like Ed Grundy mm. you know 
he becomes a delinquent, he becomes homeless, he becomes a crack addict, he returns home, he gets a house, a wife, and a business in the space of about three weeks. Magical! <laughs> <laughs> Blimey! <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> why don't we uh, have some calls? Oh, have some calls. No, 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 no. We've done the calls. Why don't we... Dressing gowns come open again. Come on, wake up! <laughs> Ooh. Uh. <laughs> Being as you're a freelancer mm. and you work from home, yes. um, what time do you normally get out of your dressing gown? Uh, quarter to nine. But not on a Monday? No, on a Monday as well. Oh, you said right. dressing gowns come open. I thought you were still in your, in your. No, I said yours had. Oh no. Yes. No, I don't. I don't even possess a dressing gown. I'm sure you don't. You're one of those disconcerting people that just swans around in their pants, and people don't know where to look. I'd I... imagine. <laughs> 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 Let's come back with some more Millie in a bit. <laughs> he says horridly. <laughs> It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my House, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. At long last, A Thousand and One Conversations is available to download from iTunes and all good podcatchers. This was a place where women worked to help other women. Hello, just a quickie. Sarah Smith cloths are really useful. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone, and congratulations to Andrew for last week, that really was excellent. I'm going to do things a little bit differently this week, because I only get exactly five minutes and sometimes I miss out on what the wonderful Dumpty Dum contributors have said. So I'm going to start with the Dumpty Dum Facebook page, then I'm going to have a little rant, if that's okay, and then if we have time we will talk about some of the other Facebook pages. So this week we were talking about David and whether it was wise for him to conceal heard information from Ruth after recent events and we really do have some intelligent listeners. Fiona Siobhan Powell said, on the one hand, acetonemia, I hope I said it right, isn't a major deal. It happens when the dairy herd has been put under too much stress and not managed correctly. A quick glucose drench and extra care and feeding will sort it. 
On the other hand, acetonemia in Ruth's herd, and I'm sorry, but she's always been the stronger dairy manager, so I do think of it as her herd, is a strong indication that David and Pip aren't as genius at handling the herd as they think they are. If David and Pip tell Ruth, she'll realise that they aren't as bloody marvellous at herd management as they claim to be, and she'll be further irritated with them. And quite rightly, frankly, when I heard about the acetonemia, I was shouting at David, and I love David, I do, but Pip isn't the child genius you think she is David. Tracy Shevin said, well, she is leaving. Hold on, it's only two bloody weeks. Will he ever learn? Uh, Lisa Thompson says, OMFG, the guy is a tool. Okie doke. And Fiona Griffin says, no, of course he isn't. Didn't he listen to a word she said? Pippa Riggs said, tell us she must stay. This is from David's friend. Has he forgotten what happened? She was left unattended with a guy last time. I think it's a fantastic idea. Get her out of our hair. She's done nothing but be a short-sighted, moaning boot of late. And Mark Everton agrees and says it's extremely wise if it means she doesn't come back. I'm all for that. Um, I wanted to have just a little rant because previously I have been doing these podcast snippets on a Sunday night, our time, but it means that I miss the omnibus people. So I thought, no, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do it Monday mornings. And I read something this morning and it just made my head explode. Kate Dennis in Archer's Appreciation said, did anyone else notice there was a difference in the omnibus episode? And when it was aired during the week, in the episode where Rob returned from the interview and told Helen he wasn't taking the job, in the omnibus, Peggy's gift was discussed. And this wasn't mentioned in the original episode. Now, I think it's really not okay. I'm listening to The Archers every day. And I think I'm just as dedicated as someone who listens at the week. And that is extremely important information. If that's true, that was pivotal information. The information that that's how Rod has been carrying them through financially, I think we all need to know that. So either really poor editing or I missed something through the week and I'm pretty sure I didn't because I listened to it twice. Rant over. Everyone relax. Uh, Jeff Page in Archer's Appreciation said, I am sure all of us are with David and hoping that Ruth has a really good time. A really, really good time. A really, really, really good time. The good of the better with Tall Sam in New Zealand. I'm getting the, starting to get the impression that Ruth is not universally loved. I'm actually a bit of a fan, but I don't think everyone is. Julie Bryant in Archer's Appreciation said, I don't understand how Ruth was for weeks too busy to put a wash on or do an internet grocery shop. And then Jill comes back and suddenly Ruth has nothing to do and no role on the farm. What happened to all the farming jobs that were keeping her so busy before Jill's return? Julie, I could not agree with you more. When, when she was having that conversation with Jill, I was shouting at my podcast. Luckily, I was watering at the same time so no one could hear me. Uh, Tracy Grace on the Archers Anonymous says, I know this is a completely subjective view because of what is happening in my life at the moment. For the first time ever in all the years I've been listening, I actually cried when I listened tonight. With all the misery, fighting, bombing, killing, hatred and shit in the world, Joe in tears has just about finished me off. I'm crying now. This small bit of the day was a small pleasure amongst all the crap I'm dealing with, not anymore. I've rage ranted, got angry, smashed off indignant emails, and I'm as impotent with my artist as I am with everything else. I'm really sorry that you feel like that, Tracy, but I think it reflects life in that there are good times and there are bad times. And as I keep saying, we just need to stick it out. Goodbye for now. Hooroo! Thank you, Millie Bell. Uh, I I quite liked you doing it this way around this week, Millie. Uh, Well done. Well done to you down under. Um, Lucy. Yep. It's time for your... (laughs) Yup. 
Uh, it's time for your hashtag, the Archer's tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much. Please take it away. <laughs> Becky Blackbooks said, when did Rob last tell the truth? Beyond basics, like good morning, I mean. And even then I'd check the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dave True said Rob is accumulating so many enemies that if he were to get bumped off it would be a whodunit to rival Agatha Christie's yes it would be like um, Murder on the Orient Express when it was everybody the entire village and no, everyone takes responsibility I am Spartacus um, Oliver Strahler said Strahler I think it's a German name yes said uh, she'd never have been daft enough not to secure that cow properly it's what I look for in a partner yes cow cow securing uh, abilities uh, rosie taylor has invented a new swear word which i quite Ooh. like brief casing well that's what she says if someone this is when um, justin elliott was 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 had been shown the herbal lays and had mm-hmm. hidden his yawns successfully of of adam going and then this is thing and this is chickweed and this is da, da, da. um <laughs> and uh, she said if someone says i'll take you off my farm you briefcasing well go. You don't go wander around surprising nude photo shoots. I do like briefcasing well. That's excellent. I'm going to start using that. And tweet of the week is Andrew Langston, second city suit, who said, I was up and down the M1 yesterday. Mm. I observed a minute silence as we passed Trowel southbound in honour of Heather Pett. <laughs> do you know what? On the anniversary of mm. my mother's death, next year Mm. i think we all ought to send in pictures of service stations to the bbc in honor of i like the sound of that because you can't wear poppies or you could you could wear a little what could you wear you could wear a little uh beef burger brooch or a a little a little greg's bag or something Mm -hmm. like a poppy but it wouldn't be quite the same i think it's best if we if we just post pictures of uh service stations we have known and loved well, we've talked about that great one up at um, just past Carlisle. We have. We have. Mm. Service stations, I tell you, they're, they're a world unto themselves. They really are. And I kind of like the kind of enclosed nature of a, of a service station in terms of... You could set a really good drama in a service station. You could. It's absolutely perfect. It would be a bit like Crossroads, but better. And i tell you the reason why. Because you've got your, you know, your... your standard characters that will always be there but then you've got a legitimate cast of revolving new characters all the time it's a bit like holby city yeah but they're not there for very long though are they i mean at least at holby city at least at holby city they're there for long enough to have oh but i'll tell you what operation but it's even better it's even better because you can have that you know that um stationary salesman that comes back like once a month and the uh, the AA man yes. who hangs around the entrance, annoying everybody. Absolutely. When everyone yeah, lies, and, and the person with the RAC and, and the person <laughs> exactly, and the Sky Sports salesman doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Can I ever tell you the story about when um, my car broke down and my and it was just me and my little boy? No. You know what? I, I saw another um, another side to the whole kind of service station world. So. I used to have this car, um, and cutting a long story short, it was prone to breaking down. My little boy was no more than two at the time, oh. and we'd gone gone to Birmingham for, for the weekend, uh, you know, to see his grandma, grandpa. 
came back, we're coming back now, it's, it's 11 o'clock, you know, he's well asleep, you know, in his little, you know, in his little chair and everything, car, car just loses power completely, and I call um, the RAC, and uh, they come and pick me up, take me to the next nearest service station, they couldn't relay me all the way to London, that, that was it. I had to go, so somebody who was local with a tow truck moved me to the nearest service station. And you could hear him, so, so, so we have Mr. Brown here, he has a son, he has a baby, two years old, two years old, we are coming to Watford Gap service station, whatever. And it was like the red carpet had been rolled out for Aww. reasons. You know, it was it was my son. You know, and it was a case of it was free this, free that, you know. that to wow. win, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, here was a meal. Oh, my goodness. And they, you know, the, the, I didn't have to pay for a thing because I had a child, a small child with me. It's you know. almost worth bothering one. It, Bother, it, listen, bothering one I, rec- I recommend people faking it. Always <laughs> travel. So your essential car kit should be antifreeze, one of those emergency triangle things and a two-year-old child. <laughs> oh, slice of dairy, Lee, lovely. Yeah, and 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 a little kid. Yeah, it, it yeah. really was. It was a case of magazines, colouring books, meals. We were there for a little while before the big tow truck came and took us. And for Noah, it was, of course, the most exciting thing yeah. in the world. And it's literally, he must have been older than two because he's literally one of his first memories. He just about still remembers it. So he must have <laughs> been about three and a half. And he says, Daddy, I remember, well, he doesn't call me Daddy anymore, Dad, I remember the big truck with the flashing lights. Oh. And, and he was lifted up by them. And I was just, he, you know, he, oh, it's just absolutely, absolutely lovely. And I remember <laughs> just being driven um, in this big truck, you know, with them towing the car and then pulling, in, pulling into central London. And it must have been about like three o'clock in the morning by then and stuff and um you know and of course he'd fallen asleep and then he woke up again and he said thank you to the man and whatever oh, but anyway Aww. anyway motorway service stations you know what there's 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 a bloody good drama in there somewhere a continuing docky drama i tell you when my son was little he was about three and a half i should mm. think we were going down the motorway and we'd stopped at services and he had tried to do a wee and said i can't and i you know you do with his like come on now because you only want to go in back of the car no no i really can't i really can't i really can't he did try nothing mm. 20 minutes away from the service station mommy i need a wee well i can't and i'm belting down the whatever it is there's no you know you're on that bit where there's like 50 miles nothing in either direction I said, look, we can't stop, Will. Can you hold on? I don't think I can. It's trying to come out. So I said, (laughs) okay. And my daughter said, there's an empty mineral. There's an empty water bottle in the back. Why don't you wee in that, William? And he says, all right, I'll do that. Anyway, so I'm driving along. There's all this muffled giggling and messing around in the back while they're trying to coordinate putting Willie inside nozzle of bottle. Mm -hmm. Then there's this, my first thought was, how the hell can it be raining in the car? And then I realise I am being pissed on, basically, by my son, whose willy has popped out of the little bottle and is there's an arc of urine is heading from on my head from the back seat into the front. So I'm driving along while someone is weeing on me from about a foot away. Marvellous. And ever since then, he's been absolutely petrified of peeing in, <laughs> peeing in bottles because he's just said, I'm going to do it again! It's going to be everywhere! <laughs> Travelling with children. Ooh. 
Anyway, yes. Hey, okay, should we start to wrap things up? Yes, I think we have, really, as we're now talking about juvenile pissing. I think we probably finished, haven't we? We have. We have. Shop news. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, we haven't done that, have we? No, you haven't. Shop news. Christmas is coming, so why don't you head on to dumptydum.com to buy something that has our logo on, which you can give to a loved one that is similarly into the arches and loves it as much as they similarly love Or you could just give it to somebody who isn't into the arches and just completely mystify them, really. If you want to add add a little bit of surprise value to your Christmas. True. You could do that. You could do that. But I recommend you give it to somebody who might appreciate it. It'd be much better. (laughs) Um, Remember, you can also go onto our website to add articles to it. And we have Chris Lois that does this on a regular basis. And he does his kind of commentary on um, the week in Ambridge. So you can do that too. You can comment on the shows. You can message other listeners directly. Listeners and caller-inners, that is. And um, just another little big up to the forum. Um, There is... um, you know that forum is uh taking shape and it's got a bit of a life of its own and the enough is enough um clone threads are, are quite funny um so there was rob titchener enough is enough lucy there is now nelson gabriel enough is enough <laughs> <laughs> you can never have too much of nelson gabriel, I say. <laughs> so more power to the forum go on there and also um just to finish up with um uh, andrew horn love somebody's even dedicated a thread to him and how wonderful he was as well so um yeah so go on there and uh, forum away why don't you if you want to help keep our little merry show on the road there are two ways that this can be done you can go to patreon.com forward slash dumpty dum and you can find us to support the show for two dollars or if you want to simply donate you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe, which is a little red tab over on the right-hand side of our website, and it appears to be working because all the calls have started flooding back in. Yay! Or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. Oh, also, John News. Remember, if you if you are a John, if you know of a John, if you've ever encountered a John in your life, you can apply <laughs> for a Johnship. The Order of John Archer... <laughs> is a very respected and ancient order and we we made up this time last year (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and um if you so if you'd like to become john the 12th because i think we're up to john the 11th um what you've got to do send us an email or a tweet or something and tell us how you know a john related to a john once you (laughs) were a john uh and uh we'll bung up to lord netherborn and we'll see if you can be united as john the 12th Oh, now, we are also on social media, of course, which is really where the show was born from. It was born from the Twitters, wasn't it, Lucy? Well, it was born from your head, really. Yeah, but my head looking at the Twitters. OK. Yeah. So, if you want to uh, kind of link up with us on the Twitters, we are at Dumpty Dum. Uh, or you can tweet me, I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. And also we are on the Book of Face where if you just type in dum de dum you can find our page and you can like it and comment on stuff and just be part of the community on the Book of Face. Lucy V. Freeman, have you got anything which you would like to add before we say this podcast is over? No thanking you. Oh, okay. Right. I've uh, it's been good to be back in, in the hot seat. Yes. Was mm. it hot? 
it, it, it was warm. And he left it warm. Andrew definitely left it warm. And, um, and it makes a change because normally Derek leaves it wet. So. <laughs> well, um, Andrew Horn did such a wonderful job that I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, I know we will be hearing from him again uh, soon and maybe on a semi-regular basis. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> you know what? doesn't have our chemistry, though, does he? No. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, you fuck you, you're too good. I'm, I was really, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, no, mate. Jake's aside, really well done, and uh, we will sort out for you doing this on a semi-regular basis because you were absolutely were excellent. And thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for doing it. And Have also, we asked him if he wants to do it on a semi-regular basis. Well, who wouldn't want to do it with you on a well, semi-regular like quite, basis? Quite. Hmm. Um, that's all from me. Toodle pip. Bye. That was cool. Mm. Good fun. Good fun. Yes. Good fun. Good fun. Hello, it's Witherspoon again. I'm sorry for calling back, but I was just thinking some more about Jennifer and getting more and more angry with her. What kind of mother, tipsy or not, betrays her son like that? To reveal that your son, who was about to marry his long-term partner, had a one-night stand with someone three years ago just makes no sense, except for, of course, to create a dramatic conflict the scriptwriters love. That is the type of secret a mother would take to her grave. I could go on and on, but I won't. With a spoon out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 